Welcome back to our first live edition of You and Your Money for 2018. And I wish all our viewers a healthy, happy and a lucky year. I'm Brian Hirsch and this evening we're focusing on the investment world. How time flies. We started in December with the Stein of Tobacco, then a good election result that resulted in a much stronger rand. Then last week's rumours about Aspen and a few property counters saw wide fluctuations in share prices. Globally, markets continue to perform well and in the last year, our own market has had a good run. This supports my theory that if you're confused, you are thinking straight. And joining me this evening is my regular investment guru, Paul Hansen, Director of Retail Investing at Stanlam. Paul, lovely to have you back on the show. Paul, Paul, just make some sense of the markets. I mean, nine years to bull markets, markets still humming. As a matter of fact, the market is now running, global markets are running faster than they have in the last 12 months. Oh, definitely. So I'm going to ask you after this, but just make some sense from the Steinoff to the stronger RAND to the weaker RAND hedges, stronger commodities, the Aspen and the property funds. I mean, uh, debacle last week and it seems to be continuing. Where to? Mm. <laughs> Can you believe that 30 shares on the JSC went up 10% or more in December in one month? 30 different shares. So obviously that was after the ANC election story went up 10% or more in one month. In fact, first RAN went up 19%. Uh, I think Fashini went up 24% in one month in December. So it was an extraordinary month. I mean, it really, you know, in the end, the, the JSC was up 21% in total, but obviously... But, it, but completely different segments. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You had extremes. You had the EIHs, you had the breaks, you had the coronations, you had, well, the Stein of Tobacco, you had shares like Aspen coming off now. Yeah. I mean, y- and, and then you had the other runs. You talk about Anglos hitting new highs. Yeah. You talk about Fashinis and these other counters. Yeah. So, I mean, what, it's what's very going different on? to be a stock picker. No, look, I mean, the global economy is, 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 going, is at its strongest level in the nine years that, since the last recession. And earnings are picking up very nicely. Interest rates remain very low around the world, including in the US, even though they're going up a bit. So it's, it's a situation where the demand for commodities seems to be picking up as the economy strengthens around the world. And so the, the mining shares, I think Anglo went to a six-year high today and Billiton three or four-year high in rands, despite the rand at 12.30. So, you know, there's the, the, a lot of the commodity prices have gone up because the dollar has suddenly weakened quite a bit. It's gone to a, I think, a, a three and a half year low versus the euro. So a weaker dollar typically pushes commodity prices up. So oil, iron ore, copper, you name it, have gold, platinum, palladium have all gone up quite nicely just in the last few weeks. So, uh, you know, I think some of the banks went, the banks actually went up 30% last year, 2017, total return of 30%. So now, then we've had an American, apparently a re- small research house that, that uh, I, think they, I think they short sellers actually, they, they, they short shares. So they wrote a report on Steinoff, Steinoff's fallen 91%. Now there were rumours that they were writing another South African report, a report on some other South African company which was thought to be Aspen or one of the property companies doing business in Eastern Europe. So that family of, co- of property companies took a big knock last week, but so far all rumours. Paul, so, so let's, look, let's talk about it. You and I have been sitting on this program now for many years, probably 12 to 14 years. We saw the collapse of 2008, 2009. You then started to say you're feeling more positive in markets, yet there was so much negativity about the markets. We've seen the markets run ahead, the Dow, the S&P, the, Euro- the European markets, even the FTSE. You've seen our markets, emerging markets. 
Isn't there too much euphoria now? Aren't we now heading for that euphoric rise in markets when the danger signs are there? Because it doesn't take a lot for interest rates in the USA to, to rise more than maybe one or two times this mm. year. Yes, it's possible because suddenly this year the, uh, the, the uh, global index, the MSCI World Index, has gone into a more vertical trajectory. So it's up over 4% in dollars already this, this year, so in 15 days. And in fact, the US is closed today. So it has suddenly gone a bit more vertical. And, but at the same time, from a valuation point of view, it doesn't look much overvalued. Maybe a few percent overvalued. But the US is just above fair value despite its huge run, because the economy is strong and earnings have been gaining very nicely and inflation and interest rates remain extremely low. I mean, the interest rates there are one and a quarter to one and a half. So if they go up three times as expected this, this year, then that will put them at about you know, two and a quarter, roughly. So still extremely low interest rates. So Paul, so, so let's just understand very simply. You've had the, we've had this big run in the market. We, diversification in the market is critical, both diversification in asset class and diver diversification geographically. Yeah. That's hence the offshore, although th those that, that have been offshore have seen a recovery in the RAND from well close to 14.50 now to 12.30. Important of diversification. And the style of debacle, which everyone was talking so much about, yes, a dramatic disaster. However, it was even the index funds or the Olsey, the top 40, all had an exposure. It was one of our leading companies, I think the seventh largest company. But that concept of diversification is so important so that even though you may have had a small percentage in, in startup, it hasn't had a major impact on the overall portfolio. Yes, in RAND loss in the portfolio doesn't look good, but in the overall performance, it lops maybe 1% of performance for the year. Yeah, exactly. So. No, it's extraordinary what happened. And, I mean, that went down 91% in December while all the other shares took off after the election. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, look, as you said, the global bull market will, will turn nine on the 9th of March this year and then go into its 10th year, which is very unusual. Usually they last about four years. So this is an extremely long bull market and it has to do the very slow recovery that took place after the Great Recession and the very low inflation. It's, it's taken a long time, but now things really seem to be picking up. And it's possible interest rates will go up quicker in the US ne this year, but it doesn't look like they will go up at all in Europe, which is still 0%, maybe a little bit in the UK. And at the moment, most of the emerging markets have actually been lowering their interest rates, whether you India, Russia, Brazil, you name it. A lot of them have been lowering it rates. Well, Paul, when, you, when I come back, I want to talk about, do you take, I know we talk about investments being long-term, talk about saving short-term, investing long-term. I want to just talk a little bit about whether you shouldn't be taking a little bit off the table. And also, important question that many viewers are, are waiting for, for some guidance in terms of where is the RAND going. But we're going to take a short break. You can call me on 011, please note our new number, 011-483-1518. We'll be back shortly.
Welcome back to New Money. This evening we're discussing investments. My guest, Paul Hansen. And if you'd like to call us, our new number is 011-483-1518. You can also email me on brianh at bhca.co.za. Paul, before we go to those two questions, firstly, let me congratulate you. Because I don't think most of our viewers know that two of your funds, I think two of your five funds, were top performers in 2017. One <laughs> yeah. out of 100 and one out of 140. Yeah. And that's a real feather in your cap, isn't it? Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Hey? Yeah. But that means Thanks. what's going to happen in 2018, who yeah. knows? So Paul, let's just talk about that. We t- I know we talk about diversification, I know we talk about long term, and that's, I'm in that business, I talk about long term, I can't give predictions in the short term. But w- if you, you know, when you rebalance a portfolio, let's assume you're Portfolio is 60% equities, 30% property, this is a growth portfolio, 10% cash and gilts. If you rebalance, look at your portfolio now, because of the equity market, because of global equities, you're probably 65 to 66% in equities. Property prices certainly haven't gone up as dramatically as the market. Let's say your, 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 your properties dropped to 26, 27. Would you be rebalancing now? Would you be taking some equity off the table and maybe moving either into cash or property or something? Well, I, I think it does make sense. That's what that was. That's what the, the whole story is about: is keeping it at around sixty percent in equity. So if it's gone to sixty-five, sixty-six, especially into record highs like we've had, and we we barely had a correction in the global market last year. It went up twenty-three percent in total in dollars, but the South African was up thirty-five percent in dollars. But nevertheless, that's because, that's because of the rand recovery, partly, yeah, and Nasdaq and so on. But you know, the global market barely had a correction. I don't think there was anything more than a couple of percent. Normally, you get at least a five, six percent correction. So we know it's coming. We just don't know when. So because of that, yeah, I would ta- I would bring it back down to sixty percent. I mean, I mean that really is the technique. How yeah. exposed am I now to equities? Yeah. It's not a question about should I be selling or it's just about rebalancing the portfolio yeah. to, to to those levels. Exactly. So always the problem today is the capital gains. No, it's sure. Always, it's always there. It's there. Let's just take our first caller of the evening. Martin, good evening. Would you like to go ahead with your question? Thanks. Martin, you're on I'd like to uh, get your advice on using preference shares and property funds to provide income. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that, Martin. We'll come back to the moment. Paul, let's just before uh, before we get to us mention the rand now. We've seen the rand recover quite strongly to twelve thirty, uh, also below seventeen to the pound and fifteen to the euro. Paul, your your feeling about the, the currency? Well, there's no question that the you know it had a big jump in December after the election, ANC election, but. It went, it went along with all the emerging market. Most of the emerging markets last year, the currencies did very well. I think the RAND was the fifth or sixth best, but it wasn't the best. Some of the Eastern European countries had huge gains. So it's, it's a very strong emerging... Uh, the emerging market stock market was up 31 or 2% last year in dollars. And money was flowing very strongly into emerging markets. The bond markets were very strong. Lots of money went into those because of the high yields. In a, in a world starved of yield. So Im- and now the commodity prices are picking up very nicely. So there's a lot going for emerging markets. They are cheaper than developed markets. And as I say, a lot of them have been lowering interest rates. And some people actually think we might cut interest rates on Thursday, our Reserve Bank. So uh, it's still an emerging market story. And we've pretty much gone with that. Yes, the politics has caused us to, to flip around a bit. But it has been emerging markets. And it, at the moment, it doesn't seem like that's about to end because... Because of the global economy, commodity prices, demand, 
so it looks like it's going to continue being an emerging market story as far as shares and currencies and maybe even bonds. Uh, you know, it's it's so we we are commodity currency and an emerging market currency, and both of those are in our favour right now. Well, let's just take our next call, and then we'll go back to um, our question on preference properties. Liesl, good evening. Go ahead, do the question, please. Good evening, Brian. Um, how safe is it to invest in government bonds? Okay, thank you for that, Liesl. Okay, let's just go first call question. Let's just talk about pref shares and property funds. Okay, properties had a good run last year. Yep. Preference shares an absolute disaster. I mean, I looked at them today after dividend yields, and I'm talking about the banking prefs yeah. yielding well over 9%. Yeah. Yeah, they've been very disappointing. There's just been somehow more sellers than buyers. And, you know, maybe this, the, the higher tax rates on dividends are obviously playing a, playing a role because at least a, 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 an ordinary share can grow its dividends, but a pref share cannot grow its dividends to comp. You know, to so pre an ordinary share, if it's growing its dividends 10, 15 percent a year, you know, at least you counteracting the increase in taxes, the dividend tax, which I think is 20 percent at the moment. Uh, it went up, you know, it's gone up the last few years. But but the pref shares started with, with I think, with dividend tax of zero percent a few eight or nine years ago. Now it's up to 20 percent. They can't they can't fight that. Their 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 yield their dividends go up when prime rate goes up and vice versa. So I, I think it's got something to do with that, but they they paying great yields. Yep, they are. And pro and property property shares property shares were up seventeen percent in total last year. They've taken a bit of a dip this year because of what happened about those rumours last week. But you know they typically grow their dividends. But for income, I yeah, mean, I mean it's good solid for income. income. I mean uh, the property is taxed at dividends twenty percent. Yeah, the income on property shares is taxed as normal income. Yeah, forty five percent maximum. So. They've been fantastic over the years. In fact, for the, over the last three years, the property sector has given the best returns in, in this country, better than equities, better than bonds. And they've had a very good... In property funds, I think. Property funds. Property Pro no, no, pro I'm talking about listed property shares. Amount. Listed property shares. The SA Property Index. Mm. Listed property index. So they've been very good because they typically grow their dividends by 6, 7, sometimes 10% a year. And that's something that bonds don't do, preference shares can't do. So they've had a great track record. Paul, I have a few clients in the property business, property agents had a terrible year last year. Yeah. They've already told me in the last few weeks, since the change of, of, uh, of head of ANC, that there's been a pickup in interest. Oh. Interest, not sales, but interest in residential property. Oh, good. It's a and sentiment. Starting eh? to see a little bit of that coming through. And then Liesl's question about government bonds. Are they the government bonds were yielding around about 9.6 percent yeah. uh, a month ago. They're yielding what about eight and a half now? Eight, eight and a half now. Yeah. So they've come down. It means the price of the bond went up as the yield came down, and now it's a b one's got to be a bit cautious because of uh, you know the the budget speech in February and where we're going to get the money from and so on to pay for education, you know, university education and other, and maybe to help bail out Eskim, which seems to be running short of cash. And all the other parastatals, <laughs> or most of them, SAA. So uh, then, it, you know, depending on how, how the budget speech goes, Moody's could still downgrade us to junk, to join with Standard & Poor, in which case we have a huge potential selling of 100 billion rand out of our bonds by the, the government uh, bond index, the global bond index. So 
that's still a risk, and, and that's very soon. But it's not, there's no risk to default of government bonds. No, not, I mean, not from talking that point default. of view. We talk I mean, about we talk about as, as, as putting money into loss. government, what could happen. Yeah, yeah so you see, if the yield goes from 8.5 now to, say, 9.5, because we downgraded to junk and we have a bad budget and you know, the pr- there's no change in president, etc., then the, the, the price of the bond goes down, the value goes down. So that's the risk in the short term. Well, if you want to call us, please feel free, 483-1518. Let's take email from Lucy in Durban. She says, what's the difference between time-weighted and money-weighted returns? And please explain it. Well, time-weighted really is from one day to another. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you ma- and, and, but most people don't invest time-weighted. They add money all the time. Yeah. And money-weighted is, is when you're adding that money all the time. Time-weighted, 1st of January, 31st of December. Money-weighted, you're putting money in every month. You can't expect the same return because the first month's contribution will be there for 12 months the 12th month will be there for one month yeah different types of so it takes into account the uh, the money flows yeah. uh, Saul in Benoni says is this a good time to buy foreign currency and I'm just waiting for the rest of that email to come up for me buy foreign currency and invest offshore yeah look having gone from you know 25 rand to the pound to where are we now 1670 or something or having gone from 18 to the dollar to 12 rand 30 17, 18 to the dollar. Yeah, this is, this is offering an opportunity. We don't know if the RAND will get stronger. It could. Well, Paul, the RAND can only get stronger if international markets carry on moving up. Yeah, and emerging markets. And emerging markets. So if, you money. T- if you take money out and the RAND strengthens a little bit further, yes. and you say, well, I've taken it out yeah. but the, and invested it, not put in the, just put it into money market, yeah. but invested it, you'll get the corresponding return. Yeah. And if the markets come down, then you'll probably find the RAND weakening some selling and money leaving, you know, going to safer havens and that type of thing. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break. You're watching Union Money this evening. We're talking investments with Paul Hanson. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to New Money. You've just joined the program. We're talking investments. My guest, Paul Hansen, uh, email from Terence in Durban. He said, is it possible to create a portfolio of dividend-paying shares where the dividend after tax is equal or greater to someone earning interest at the maximum margin rate? Before I deal with that, let me just give my number out again. for list- 011-483-1518. I know north of here there's complete power failure right through and i think paul you told me in the eastern suburbs as well as the western suburbs power failure in jansburg zero one one four eight three one five one eight and just going back to the email is it possible to actually create a portfolio out of dividends greater than you would pay on interest let's assume on a margin rate of 45 percent so that means if you're earning seven percent if you deduct 45 percent you're getting around about four percent Probably not yet, but, but within a year or two, it would, uh, with, with growth, especially if our economy does pick up, then within a year or two, you'll probably be there. Paul, some of those stocks that have come off that are dividend payers, have they come off because it's unlikely they're going to maintain their dividends? Typically, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about a, a material fall in their share price, yeah. yeah. Paul, are we seeing companies increasing dividends? Are we yes. seeing an increase in dividends? Yes, we are. I mean, look. Obviously, there were certain that ones that didn't. But yes, you look at the financials, you look at the, uh, the good industrial companies, they've been increasing. This year, there's a forecast of earnings growth of about 13% for, for the JSE. 
So dividends should go up a similar amount, you would think. And Paul, globally, I mean, it's just the start of the the, the American reporting season. Yeah. It's the start that a few companies have reported. And what you've seen? Well, I think last year American dividends were up around, I think, 10%. I think they were up maybe even a little bit more. When you talk about an inflation rate below 2%. Exactly. That's some gain. Exactly. Yeah, and um, companies are generating very good cash there. So to, to answer that question, if you bought preference shares, oh yeah, sure. And if you bought some property, you know, if you bought some property stocks, except they're fully taxable, yeah, at forty five percent. So you've got the same rate. situation, seven seven and a half percent, and you've got that little bit of. of so you of could probably find shares three three and a half percent dividend yield now, but not the the higher threes or four. But maybe within a year, you'll be there. I mean, what type of yield is Liberty and Standard giving? Yeah, I think Liberty's above five percent. Standard Bank is probably close to 5% as well. So there, I mean, you could possibly put a portfolio. You've got to deduct the 20% of To financials, yes. Yeah, you you could, yeah, yeah. that's true. Of, of, of quality counters. Yeah. Email from Harry in Hardebeer's Portfolio. He says, what percentage of our shares are held by foreigners and are they still investing in our markets? They are investing in our markets and... Are they back in our equity market or maybe our bond market? No, both. No, they've been buyers. Of, of a lot of our equities and I think in December probably, you remember the Northern Hemisphere doesn't have uh, much of a holiday in December like we had, so they were probably quite good buyers in December. So they, uh, they, they own cl- close to 40% of our, of our market. Well actually in bonds, I think the shares are quite similar, 35-40%. So obviously if the, if the economy starts to improve and things start to look a lot better yeah. and a lot of things are dealt with that have, not, that have been avoided over the last few years, yeah. I mean there, there could be some real interest in South Africa. Yeah, look, we were, I think we're about 6.7% of the MSCI Emerging Market Index, where China's 30%. We're about number six, we're 6.7%. And they... They're about uh, neutral on that, 65 to 6.7% in holding South African shares. Paul, Jonathan in Morningside says, please explain why the volatility indexes are so low with all the world problems and how quickly can this change? Because we haven't seen so few problems in a long time. But you said so. You said in 2017 <laughs> we hardly saw yeah, hiccups I mean, in the market. Well, there are just not that many world problems around. There. Well, there's far, far more good news than bad news. So... You know, when he talks about all the world problems, they're, they've, they're not nearly as bad as they were a year, two, three, four, five years ago. And the good news is a lot better than it was a year ago, two years ago. Ricky in Johannesburg says, I've recently inherited money and want to invest in the market. Should I phase the money in or invest it fully immediately? We've spoken about this on many times. Yeah. Well, our markets also had a bit of a run, difficult yeah. to find. I mean, if you're going to go into the index, if you're going to go into unit trust or the collective investment schemes, then you're allowing the manager to do that, uh, that uh, managing there's and yeah, there's diversifying. An, uh, there's an interesting perspective at the moment. Uh, some, of the, uh, some of the guys that I, I respect a lot in the U.S. are saying that we, uh, the U.S. has gone into, a, into this, this last major phase of the bull market where it's, um, uh, it's a liftoff phase. There's a strong liftoff phase. A lot of people were very conservative, even up to now, in the bull market so far in places like the US, even in Europe and elsewhere. They, 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 they were worried it. about this the crash. The unloved bull market. And they were worried about uh, the 2008 crash recurring and, and all the news, that, you know, the bad news that we've seen over the years, you know, North Korea, etc., the, the possible factors that could, that could cause trouble. So actually, a lot of people have been sitting in very cautiously 
a lot of cash, bonds and so on, not that many shares. So there's a feeling that we into a year where a lot more people will come in and say, eventually say, look, we've got to be there. <laughs> we've, we've been out for too long. We better come in in the 10th year of the bull market. So this could be that, that, that final blow, lift or phase. But I mean, it could last at least a year. Well, Diane in sequence says, with the RAND improving and inflation a little lower, why are we not getting interest rate cuts? You said we may, yeah. some but people likely to get it on Some Thursday are or. forecasting a cut on Thursday. At Stanley, we think there's more likely to be a, a, a cut after the budget and assuming that Moody's doesn't downgrade her. So March, April, May, two cuts after that. Yeah, because, because we, we, they always said that if inflation drops within that band of 3 to 6%, yeah. that's the reason we've kept interest rates high. Now, we've had inflation over the last six months below those figures, yeah. and yet interest rates still stay. I mean, at the last meeting, I think in November, it was close yeah. where the interest rates would drop. Yeah, he was worried about the ANC conference. and He talked about a lot of other things which really are not part of their mandate. Yeah, the Standard & Poor downgrade and Moody's. Now, Moody's is held off. So, you know, with the change in politics... There's a better, as you said, there's better sentiment around. There's uh, uh, foreigners are looking more, uh, much more interested in our country. And depending on how the budget goes and what Moody's does, we could get cuts. Well, investors had a very successful 2017, despite the many events that impacted on markets. The importance of a well-diversified investment strategy will, in most cases, withstand shocks and surprises, which will always have an impact on growth portfolios. The mood in South Africa is so much more positive, but this should not stop you from seeking international diversification. It's asset allocation that will determine your investment performance over the long term. Paul, I'd like to thank you for joining me this evening. Right. I'd like to note that our program tonight is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program will focus again on financial planning. Even if you get need, need to hold me, need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching and good night.